Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. And today I've got a very special guest who is Maddie Salvestrini, and she is a polyglot based in the Netherlands, um, but she has had language learning adventures literally all over the world, including time in Spain and Belgium and Italy. She also speaks loads of languages, so I'm really excited to talk to her about that today. Mary speaks Spanish, English, Dutch, Italian, and Portuguese, and is also currently learning German and Japanese. How she has the time for that, I have no idea, but in our conversation, you will hear how she's learned all of these languages, including tips for both absolute beginners and those struggling through the dreaded intermediate plateau as well. And the critical importance of learning in context, which is something that regular listeners of this pod- podcast will know all about. So, Maddie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ali. It's great to have you here. We've met before um, in, in at least one one place, possibly possibly more. I think we've attended the same uh, language events in lots of different countries. So, um, could you just uh, give uh, give yourself give uh, our audience a little little intro to you and your your language background? Yeah, absolutely. So, my name is Mari. I am originally from Venezuela, so my native language is Spanish, and I currently live in the Netherlands. I grew up um, at a bilingual school, speaking both Spanish and English. And then just started learning languages um, about three years ago. I was really depressed. I wanted something to give me, to cheer me up. And I started just learning languages. It was a great way to distract my head. And ever since I've been sharing my experience with others. So you started learning languages three years ago. That's quite, I thought it was much longer than that. Yeah, I mean, English and English I've learned all my life, but then in Dutch, I was an exchange student. So those two languages I learned before, but all the others I've learned since three years ago. The Italian, the Portuguese, the German, the Japanese. Okay, that's fantastic. Um, so it, so you, it actually reminds me a little bit about my, my story because I, I first got into language learning when I was about 19 and I learned lots of languages very quickly in the space of a few years because I was... Um, I was just so fascinated by them and because I met all these people um, who I was lucky because I was in London and have people from all over the world. So I had the opportunity to just to meet people from all of these, these, uh, these countries. What, what, is, what was it about language learning for you that was so appealing? It was it. And it's always been the cultures and, and, and the society that surrounds languages and the idea around communication and languages. I've, always been curious about the world. So languages is my way to like open the doors to different cultures and meet different people. Um, and in that time where I felt very lonely, it was my way to to make friends and to, and to have a social life again. And it was very exciting and it is very exciting still. So let, let's talk about that. What, how has language learning helped you make friends and be part of a community? Well, it's, it's partly because of the internet, of course. It's 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 very. I'm very grateful that I live in this age and in this time and age. Um, it helped me because I I didn't know how to communicate in other ways, but I knew how to share my experience. So by sharing my experience on Instagram, which is what I started, just just trying things out, just getting out of my comfort zone, and um, people started talking to me, and I didn't expect it in the beginning. I didn't expect to make connections or make friends. It, it was not what I was seeking, but um, I found it and it, it, it completely opened my mind to, to different possibilities and different 
ways of of seeing life and 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 it helped me to regain confidence and to feel like okay there's other people like me who who like the same things who enjoy spending a friday night learning a random language they just <laughs> discovered <laughs> yeah we yeah we are us polyglots we are strange people i think but um <laughs> so but so you started to share things on instagram i mean wh- wh- i think a lot of people listening will, will be thinking well you know i mean in, i'm into languages but i never thought about sharing what I'm doing. I just learned. So what made you decide to actually share what you were, what you were learning and studying? Yeah. So I've, I've always liked sharing my life in general, but before I used to be very ashamed or very afraid of what people will think, but because it wasn't that moment of my life where I didn't have anyone around me. I was not, I had nothing to be ashamed of. So I was just like, let me just try this. And it to me was like to have a progress log, to have a place where all my progress was being tracked and where I could just take notes of what I've learned. So if I, I was like, oh, I discovered this method. So I, I wrote it down. It was like my diary in a sense. Did you find that sharing this stuff publicly actually helped you stay accountable and, and, and study more? Because I've, I, so I've, in the past, I've shared a lot of learning projects online and I found it took so much time that sometimes it was taking time away from, you know, so I'd be, I'd say to myself, right, I need to do three hours of Italian today. And then, oh, damn, I've got to make a YouTube video. And that takes at least three hours. So did, did it encourage you to learn more or did it get in the way? I think there's been periods when it gets in the way, but I think um, lately I found a balance where I can use it to stay accountable. It, it definitely helps me more to stay accountable than the, than the other way. Um, in fact, if I know that I'm starting a new course, like right now I'm, I'm, I'm starting some courses and I just post it on the stories just because I know people will ask me on Instagram. So that kind of accountability helps um, in that way. Just when I do it short, if I do like a full YouTube video, like you say, that's, oh, it takes so long. So um, I try yeah. to do the short things to to have that accountability and then share other tips and, and things on my YouTube. Does it, the things that you share, does it make you think more about the learning process itself? Absolutely. And, and I'm obsessed with learning about the learning process and, and how learning we process how to learn. languages. Yes. Learning how to learn is like, sometimes I wonder if I like it more than actually learning languages. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so, but I think it's, it's almost equal. Um, but I do spend quite a lot of time um, learning how to learn. It fascinates me. So let's talk about how you've learned then. I mean, so what have, how would you describe your, I mean, do you have an approach, a clear approach to learning languages now, or is it still changing and developing? I definitely have a approach. And my approach is more on the way I organize myself. So it's more about creating a study plan that works for me. Um, and then I vary the things I do within my study plans. Um, but the main thing is for me is to enjoy it and to involve the community. Community is a big part of how I learn. I'm talking to other people. I love doing like group Zoom calls with a lot of people and practicing languages that way or studying wow. together. Um, those type of things help me a lot. And also like fun. Like I love, I also love like your books and your courses, which are stories. I love stories. I love learning that way as well. And, you know, movies and music and all of that. If it's like, sitting down with a textbook, I cannot focus for that long. So it's going to be way harder for me. Yeah, it's really interesting how much you involve um, involve community in, in all of this. I think there's a lot a lot for people to learn there. So so tell us how you, 
how you get started in a new language then. So, you, you, you know, you're learning German and Japanese at the moment, quite different languages. Um, how, what, describe the, the beginner stages for us. Yes. So in the beginning, the very first thing I always do is practice pronunciation because I feel that's the best moment to get started. If, if I try to fix it later, it's going to be just harder. So I start always with pronunciation and with useful phrases, things that I can use right away. Like, how are you? What do you mean? Um, can you repeat that? Um, where are you from? And my self-introduction, those type of things. I always like not learning random words, but words that I can use, words that mean something to me, just because I can memorize them easier and because I can use them more often, which means um, it's going to be like further locked in my memory. Um, so I always start with vocabulary. Most of the time, short phrases I can use and pronunciation. So where did these, how do you choose these words and these phrases? I mean, do you, do you use a, a program or, or a course or a textbook, or do you kind of find your own path? I, um, I've used some programs where I take phrases I like from them because a lot of programs have these uh, beginner phrases that everyone needs, like, how are you, where are you from? Um, but I also try to look for my own. So I sometimes hire a tutor for that can translate phrases for me, um, especially expressions and things like, what do you mean? Or, or I don't know about that, things like that. But people don't think about these phrases, but they are very helpful to say like, yes, I agree or I disagree. Um, those kind of things are, are, are very useful in conversation. So I either hire someone to translate them or I have a friend that can translate them for me and I translate something from them. I think that's the most common path I go. And, um, or sometimes I take phrases from programs I follow or so from books I read. And so how long do you keep that up for? Because I, I guess at that point, you're kind of playing a, a memory game in a way, aren't you? you you're, you're having to memorize all this stuff. So is this something that then carries on in that way or do how does that change over time well after a while of course it gets repetitive and i need to do something else so the thing about memorizing these phrases is that it, it's it also helps me to start understanding so i will then move on to read more and listen more and um, complement that way um, because i then i need more inputs so i can you know, I start memorizing more, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's quite similar to how I approach things, really. It's kind of, because um, people often ask me about, about with, with story learning, they, they kind of say, well, how do you do story learning when you're a complete beginner? Because obviously, when you're a complete beginner, you don't know any words, right? So how can you, how can you read? And my re reply to that is always, well, you've got to learn a, some, word, like a hundred words or something to get, you know, the hundred most common words I use he she go want uh, words like that and th there's a certain amount of kind of grunt work in the first few days which are just learning the basics just like if you were you know you studying with a with a textbook but then it, it's it is amazing with languages how few words you actually need to unlock the next stage which as you say can be can be more reading um, or, or listening yeah indeed i absolutely agree and that's it like you said, it's doing that first groundwork and it doesn't take that long to do that. I mean, it's different for different languages. Of course, when I learned Portuguese, that groundwork was done in maybe a couple of days in comparison to Japanese where it's like, oh my gosh, how yeah. can I not memorize this? <laughs> there, is this there is this thing with, 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 um, with, with, with Japanese where, and this goes for Asian languages across the board where it just, like, it just never ends the job. You know, you can be learning for years and still it's just stuff can completely confound you. So how is, how, 
have you been finding Japanese then? Because the, the other languages that we mentioned already have been all um, European languages, mostly Romance languages. How has Japanese been different? In almost every possible way, I think. Um, <laughs> like I, I approach it very similarly and, and it works, but it takes me longer to process it, which is okay because it's a, it's a vastly different language. And I do need more support with Japanese and other languages. I need more help from tutors and more help from um, teachers that can help me um, because yeah, I'm, I'm just a little lost with, with Japanese being the first Asian language I learned. Um, so it's it's quite different. Um, but the thing is that I, I love Japanese culture so much. It's so different from mine that it intrigues me. It like calls me. Yeah. So the motivation I have for Japanese sometimes is even higher than the other languages. So that helps as well too. How long have you been learning Japanese for at the moment? Oh, it's been like a year. I still cannot say more than a couple of phrases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it comes. It, the, the difficulty in Japanese is definitely uh, is definitely it's definitely striking. I mean, I remember when I when I when I learned Japanese, um, the, the big problem I had was actually that I had learned a bunch of European languages before. So I thought, okay, well, language learning is easy. So then I went to Japan, and then I realized actually, like, there's a completely different. I have to take a totally different approach here. I can't do the same things that I was doing before, um, and it took me a long time to to, to figure that out. Um, I, I don't. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? How whether languages are harder or easier. Than, than one another. Do you have a, a feeling about that? Yeah, I think um, I, I've heard a lot of people say things like languages are not difficult. It's just how you approach them or motivate. I think some languages like are more difficult. Like I cannot deny that Portuguese has been rather easy for me in comparison to German, which German is a very, it has a lot of grammar. I don't enjoy studying grammar. So it's harder for me naturally. Like it, I, there's a, a thing there that I'm like struggling to connect. Um, so yes, yeah, some languages are harder than others. And, um, but when I mean, what I mean about harder, I just mean it, they take longer. It's not like um, they're not gonna, I'm not gonna learn them as fast as the others, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Um, it also depends a lot on what language you're coming from, right? So as a native Spanish speaker, for you to learn Portuguese is, uh, yeah, it's close. But then you've got slightly different problems, right? Which, which are like, how do you, you know, confusing similar languages is, is another very difficult, difficult thing. Yeah. So you interact with lots of people online um, by, through your communities, through sharing your the things that you do. What, what are some of the big struggles that you see new learners having? One of the most common problems I see is people trying to do absolutely everything at the same time and over planning their days, especially younger people who are at university. Um, I have a lot of people who follow me who are currently at university or just finishing high school. They have time, so they think that they can use every spare second of their life to learn languages, but it gets tiring, you know? There's There are <laughs> moments so. when you need like a little break. Yeah. Um, so I see that they over plan a lot and they try to do everything. They try to learn six languages at the same time, which is like, that's not, that's not a thing <laughs> to me. I think I don't have the time to do that. Um, and they, um, I think that's the biggest problem. And then they get demotivated and then they cannot maintain that, of course. So it's, it's there, I'm trying to shift their minds to be like, just focus a little bit more and you'll get there. 
that's interesting you you must really you must really hang out in in, in polyglot circles and if, if most people you see are trying to learn six languages at the same time it's, it seems quite different um i get the feeling that, that that language learning is especially language learning online is kind of changing a bit because when i would when, when i first got started uh with online stuff about seven years ago or so there, there wasn't really the polyglot thing was more of a kind of circus animal type <laughs> type thing you know it wasn't uh there weren't many people um, doing that or at least doing it in a kind of public way. And um, people often talked about polyglots as a kind of strange phenomenon. Oh, look at this person over here, learns lots of languages. But I have noticed now that there are lots of people, um, I say this particularly on um, on YouTube and Instagram, a lot of people who are learning lots of languages. And, the, and this, I don't know if there are more people doing it than before or if it's just more visible than it used to be. It's probably that, to be honest. But there do seem to be lots of people really embracing language learning these days. Yeah, and it 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 genuinely excites me to see younger people being and, and finding interest in other cultures mm. and other places and other languages. And and I think it's cool now, or at least they seem it they make it seem cool to be like a good student and, and learn languages. Because also when I was like when I was their age in high school, maybe I it wasn't a cool thing. It was it was weird yeah. that I was interested in to move into Belgium to learn Dutch. Everyone was like, why? And I was like, it's just fun. And people didn't get it as much as, as they get it now. And I think it's nice that they're finding each other online as well. It, it makes them feel less alone. Yeah, that must be some, one very tangible way that um, that the internet has changed things. You, know, that you as, as young people now kind of tend to be spending more time at home, less time with friends in their immediate surroundings that means that the people they have contact with are online and those are people online can be anywhere they can be in Timbuktu or or Vladivostok or, or whatever um so it is interesting how I, mean, I don't think generally I don't think it's a good thing that people are spending more time online and less time socializing I think it's an unhealthy thing but it's got its benefits and one of the, for, and for language learning that's a really 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 clear one yeah and I I also um... I've made it like my personal challenge to teach my audience about the importance of being social, not only online, but offline. Um, and even online to not keep it just as a comment, but to take it a step further, call people, talk to them. It's it's very different experience like us talking right now than to just send an email or send a message. It's, yeah. it, it, it lets you connect more and that's important as well. This is, yeah, this is something that I can probably learn. I have a lot to learn about actually, because I, I always learn my languages by being in different countries and with different people. Now that we're all kind of stuck at home, I, I find myself not always knowing what to do. And I, I feel like I could probably learn quite a lot from, from, from people like you um, in terms of actually finding that motivation and that, and that, um, and that community online, because it, I don't always feel that motivated at the moment to learn, to learn languages, but that I think would definitely give it to me. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, um, to me, it's, it's the, like, I'm so awkward and shy when I'm in person, but online, I feel, I feel safe just because I'm at my home. Mostly I'm in my pajamas. So it's like very comfortable <laughs> to me. Um, so I, I kind of thrive in these situations. Um, but I cannot wait when I can go outside again. So I can challenge myself to do a lot of more in-person things and a lot of more offline things. I think I think there's learning from each other in this sense. We can do things online and offline, and I think they both complement each other very well. Yeah. What What are some of the the things you can learn online? Do you think? 
Or what, what things are best suited to learning online? Best suited to learning online? I think, um, I think the first moments of having conversations in your target language, you know, when it's like you have that little anxiety of speaking, that little fear. I think if, if to me, it helps me to do it online first because I'm comfortable. I don't have to tackle so many um, fears at the same time, in, in which I have many fears. So it kind of helps me and suits me into getting used to the language. Uh, and also the fact that one of the things I love to do is send voice notes to my friends. And that helps a lot because it gives me time to think. It gives me time to to like breathe and, and send something and speak because it's still speaking, um, but in a way that I'm comfortable. So I think that it, it suits to help ease the fear of speaking, which a lot of young people I know we have um, because we grew up, like you say, connecting socially um, online and not necessarily as much offline. Yeah. So what about, um, we, we talked briefly about the beginner beginner problems. How, how does that change at the intermediate plateau? Because I've spent a lot of time talking about the intermediate plateau here on the podcast. People are probably sick of hearing me talk about it. So why don't you, um, why don't you t- tell us what you understand the intermediate plateau to be and what problems and struggles do people have at that stage? Yeah, so the intermediate plateau is, is a mix of we're feeling like we know enough, but then we feel like we don't know enough. So we're constantly battling ourselves to kind of like move forward, but most people don't know how to move forward because as you know, there are not many resources or guides or, or information about overcoming the intermediate plateau, which I'm glad that you do in your podcast, but it's not the most common because a lot of people focus on the beginner stages. So um, for me to work on the intermediate plateau, it means to um, learn about the specific topics, learn about things you enjoy and go deeply into them. One of the things that helped me overcome the intermediate plateau in English, in English was to take courses, not language courses, but specific courses about fashion, which I love, or um, arts or things that genuinely interest me and language learning, of course, and, and things that moved me forward and, um, and gave me the vocabulary that I need and the confidence that I needed. Yeah, I And it, it's also very long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, h- how long? I, I cannot tell how long it's taken me to overcome intermediate plateau in English because I'm sure it's been years for me. Um, I've always been very comfortable in English, but I've never had quite an advanced vocabulary until maybe... 10 years ago or something like that. So um, it took me my whole life to, to overcome it, I, I believe. But I don't know, it, I think it's different also for different languages and for different people, depending on how much time you spend with the language is also yeah. quite a big. Um, have you worked, I mean, have you, have you dealt with that in, in other languages that you've been learning more recently? Uh, Dutch, I live in the Netherlands now. So I am, I am currently trying to overcome that plateau I'm reading a lot and it's getting better definitely getting better um but I still feel like I have a long way to go yeah so you're reading a lot is that I mean I know that we 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 both believe both big believers in learning through context so I mean maybe tell me about reading and, and how that's helping and why why reading and learning in context is so important yes so for me reading helps in almost 
every way and, and in the ways that I tend to ignore the most, which is um, I, I learn most of my grammar through reading. I read it and, and I get to analyze it and I get to to understand it better than if I if I if someone explains it to me or if I read it in in, in a textbook. Um, just the repetition of it um, in books, it, it helps me a lot. And um, also with the vocabulary. And um, it, of course, even in my native language, if reading more improves my vocabulary in my native language as well. So if it does in my native language, why wouldn't it in, in languages that I'm learning, right? Um, so I think with, with those two topics, uh, which are the ones I ignore the most, um, grammar and maybe some vocab, um, it helps me a lot to move forward. And it's also fun. <laughs> yeah. What about how to read though? Do you have any, because one of the things about le- reading at intermediate level is that you, you're you still not quite confident enough to understand it easily. So it's a real slog. Um, and I think it's one, of, it's one of those things where you really need a strategy, you know, because otherwise you're just going to waste a lot of time. So how do you approach um, reading? So the first thing that I do is that I spend a lot of time finding what to read yeah. and find something that it's right at my level. I if that. I just pick a random book, it's it it can help me or it cannot. So I spend a lot of time finding. I I like to download the samples on on of ebooks. Just read the first few pages. If I sort of understand enough and I can follow the story, then I will say, yeah, this is a book I can read. Um, so I, I will spend quite some time finding something that I like and that is at my level. And then um, I do like to get some physical books just because I like to keep a piece of paper and it's a random piece of paper I find <laughs> around my house. And I write words that are repeated a lot. And it's like my own glossary for the book. So whenever a work appears again, I can just refer it back and all the repetition helps me improve it. And then whenever I find a grammar structure that I know I don't necessarily understand, I'll maybe read the theory, try to understand where it comes from, and then try to use it in conversation or in any written exercise I do later. So, um, but it doesn't mean that I'm stopping every every other second to read. I'm still enjoying yeah. the reading. It's just that whenever I notice something that I think it's worth my time, I will take note of it and then later on study it. Yeah, I, I, I often find this this tension between reading online, reading digitally, and reading books because I don't like reading online. I, maybe it's because I spend all day at the computer anyway, so I'm just kind of the lot. You know, in the evening, the last thing I want to do is look at a screen. I really enjoyed reading um, reading just regular paper, old fashioned books, uh, but reading digitally really does speed things up especially in languages like japanese where if you don't know the kanji yet then you know you might be you know being able to look things up digitally just saves you so much time an incredible amount of time so absolutely and then the other of course the other thing is it's how much harder to find physical book resources as well um because you're kind of limited to what you can find in, your, in, in the bookstore and stuff like that. Whereas online, you've just got everything. You've got blogs, you've got, you know, YouTube. So have you, how do you go about looking for those resources? You, you said that you spend a long time looking and searching for resources. How do you do that? Do you have a process? Yes. I, it always goes back to community. I think that I don't have to find everything on my own. So I ask around people that have done it already, people, um, especially in the intermediate levels, I will ask my friends from other countries. Uh, if I want to read in Italian, I'll ask my Italian friend. 
just recommend me a book you like, something you enjoy, something that you think, because they know me so well, they can recommend me things that they know I'd like, so that it speeds up the process. And then I go through the recommendations and like I will download the the, the preview and see if I can read it or not, or, or find some reviews online, see what they're about. So I can like kind of get feel get a feel if this is a topic that I'm interested in if this is a topic that I can read yeah that's um it's so important to 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 learn how to find the right material because if you read the wrong stuff and it's too hard for you or it's too boring you're just going to not enjoy the the experience so that's really that's really really useful well Manny it's been fantastic to uh to chat and so interesting to hear a different perspective as well on, on learning so where can people go to find out more about you Yes, people can find me at Mari Polyglot, that's M-A-R-I Polyglot on Instagram and on YouTube. And I'm always there, especially on Instagram, sharing all my language learning life. So um, for sure, go there. Yeah, and I definitely recommend people follow you there on Instagram as well because you're, you're so active and you're so enthusiastic and it's, it's very, very, uh, very infectious. So cool. Well, we'll have to have you back on the show sometime and uh, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you do enjoy the podcast, then you're going to love some of the email courses that I've created. These are completely free email courses, which are written specifically for different languages and different levels. I've spent years writing these things. So whether you are a intermediate Spanish learner or a French beginner or Japanese advanced, whatever it may be, I've got email courses that give you some of my best tips for learning those languages at different levels. So whether you're struggling with how to get started, whether you want to know how to understand native speakers when they're talking really quickly at you, whether you want to get better at learning grammar, I've got stuff for you that I send out completely free over email. If you'd like to get these tips, then please go to iwillteachyoualanguage.com forward slash tips. That's iwillteachyoualanguage.com forward slash tips, T-I-P-S, and I'll get them sent out to you right away.